Thanks for downloading this show from PC One. Before we get rolling, here's a word from one of the folks who helped bring you this podcast. Springtime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine and More. It's peak season for asparagus, which pairs perfectly with a light and crisp rosé. Mini bottles of champagne and sparkling wines are perfect for adult Easter baskets, and they're really cute too. My perfect brunch: Belgian waffles with extra whipped cream and a holiday pour of your sweetest rosé. Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, Total Wine and More has you covered with 8,000 wines, 3,000 spirits, and 2,500 beers at always low prices. Cheers! The following program is a Forbes and Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Denise Ristari, and you're listening to Mentoring Moments, a podcast where smart, witty, and bold women are sharing their triumphs and their skids. We aren't just talking, we're taking action, and we're inviting you to join us every week in my New York City apartment. Mentoring Moments is brought to you by WordPress.com. More websites run on WordPress than on any other platform. Create your blog or small business website today and get 15% off any new plan purchase at WordPress.com slash Forbes. That's WordPress.com slash Forbes. And today, sitting across from the table, the kitchen table with me is Kara Ross. Kara, welcome. I am so excited that you're here. And I'm just like, not envious, because that would be a bad thing, but I, I get, maybe I am envious. You've got the coolest outfit on. Oh, <laughs> thanks. I've got a date night with my husband, so I decided to dress up a little bit. That's great. I have a date night with my husband, too, so I think I need to get changed before <laughs> that happens. I'm not looking half as cool as Kara is right now. So there's one thing Kara Ross is sure about, and that is to find our greatness, women need to unleash the power of possibility. She knows it because she lived it. 21 years ago, she was married to an investment banker who was bipolar and a huge gambling addict who was gambling away everything they had. So for the sake of herself and her two young daughters, she got out. But she was left with nothing. She had no alimony, but she had one thing that was really important, and that was her lifesaver, and that was her work. She had a small, growing jewelry business, and she was creating jewelry that had character and imagination. And that business grew and grew, and she was in a lot of the major stores that we all love to visit. And her pieces are now at museums across the country. And some of her most famous private clients to date are Barack and Michelle Obama. And in 2014, when Kara was redesigning her engagement ring, she had one of those aha moments. She wondered why diamonds still had that antiquated meaning that we're waiting for someone to give us something. And then she thought about the words that describe diamonds, and they are the same words to describe women beautiful, strong, unbreakable, and brilliant. So she launched Unleashed, a company with a social purpose. All of the net profits support causes that provide educational opportunities for women. Amazing organizations like She's the First, Girls Who Code, Dress for Success, and Girl Up. And she's microfinancing opportunities for women. She's really helping women discover their possibilities. She's creating jobs for women around the world, including South Africa and India. And so there's so much for us to get into that to talk about all the great things that Kara is doing. We're going to kick today off with my mentoring moment. I was getting my global entry last week, and I was at the point of, I don't know, Kara, if you've gotten global entry. I haven't. I have to. I Um, have not. 
yeah, I was with everything going on and we're like, okay, I've been saying for the last year, I'm going to do it. And so I'm, you're at this final part of the process where you have a a few steps to get to. And now you go interview Mm -hmm. with somebody that takes your fingerprints and they ask you questions and she's looking at my passport and she says, oh, so most of your travel, your international travel in the past five years has been vacation personal, right? And I thought for a second, I thought, yes, but I didn't want to say yes, that I've been vacationing on my international travel. There was this part of me that wanted to say, well, I am, but while I was there, I was discovering things. I was thinking of mentoring moments. I was coming up with ideas. I was meeting women. And I thought to myself, first of all, this woman doesn't care. And that's not the answer she wants. Right. And that will only (laughs) confuse things because this is customs we're talking about. But before I could actually just say yes, I had to go through all this in my head, like, like it deserved an explanation of, but I worked really hard. So therefore it's okay that I was doing this on vacation. Part of it was also, but why am I not doing international business? So there was like this little voice in my head saying, you're not important enough. You know, you should be doing business versus just vacationing. So after I processed all that in a really quick period of time, because I needed to give this woman an answer, after the interview, and I now have my global entry, I've been approved, I thought, why did I have that going through mm-hmm. my head? Is it because I think that vacations aren't worthy? Is it because I think we have to be working 24-7 to be worthwhile? And for me, I came to the conclusion that we're putting way, or at least I am, putting way too much importance on work that being that identifier, Mm -hmm. that being that I work. And so therefore that's what I do 24 seven, that I don't take time off. So that's my mentoring moment for today is that I and everybody else, all of us deserve vacations and deserve to live our lives, whether it's vacation, whether it's the weekend, whether it's tonight going out with our husbands. Mm -hmm. Or perhaps like work doesn't define you. Right. There's so much more to a person. Yes, for sure. And so I want to hear your mentoring moment. Okay. So I had this experience um, going grocery shopping with my mother, and I think I was probably 12 years old. And this is just a little example, but this is something that I live by. And that is that the word no doesn't hurt. And what happened is we were grocery shopping at the local AMP and they were running a like an award thing where they had about five different watches. And if you if you had enough receipts, you could pick one of the watches. And I really, really, really wanted this one watch. And um, we had almost enough receipts, but not yet. And I said, Mom, please can't buy some more groceries so I can get this watch. And she said, no, we don't need any more groceries, but the woman in front of us has plenty of groceries and that could make up the difference. And I said, oh, gee, I don't want to ask her. What's she going to say? What's she going to think? And my mom looked at me and she goes, is the word no going to hurt? And I thought, no, I guess not. So bottom line is I walked out of that store with the watch (laughs) that day and I still have that watch. It's a Timex. I still have it. So I think that that whole attitude of, you know, the word no doesn't hurt. You know, you have to keep anything in life, you know, what you come across, you know, you just have to keep going and have the fortitude to, to stick with it. And so that, I guess, is just one moment that I have carried through the rest of my life. And how, and how have you seen that play through, like in other instances in your life? Well, this so, so many times. I mean, for instance, like the first time I put together a collection to show Bergdorf's, I was so excited. I thought it was fabulous. So 
I went in, I got an appointment, really hard to get an appointment with the buyer. And I finally got the appointment and I was so proud and put everything out. And I was like, here it is. This is it. I'm so psyched. And she looked at me and she was like, it's good. It's not great. Come back again. So that was the word no. And I thought, okay, that's all right. So then I went back. I made it better. I got another appointment. She liked me enough that she took another appointment. I was so excited. Here it is. What do you think? It's better, Kara. It's not perfect. It's not what we need. No. So I thought, okay, third time's got to be the charm. And I did. I put together a new collection, and the third time, they bought it. And that actually, that same situation happened when I launched my exotic skin handbag line. This happens all the time when you try to call people to see you or oftentimes you get the word no and you just have to just keep going. But did you let it bother you? Do do you internalize it? Do you take it personally? No. So how do you do that? At this point, I'm like, if I feel really impassioned and strong about whatever I'm doing at the time, and generally that's how I feel about things that I am doing, otherwise why waste your time? I just am like, okay, I'll just make it better. Or sometimes if they, if it's a hard no, I'll be like their loss and I'll move on to something else. So in anything I'm doing, I, I, I literally think of visualizing running while I'm juggling 10 balls in the air. And so if one of those balls falls on the ground, it's okay because I've got nine more and you can keep running, running, running. And you just, in order to get through anything, you have to keep moving ahead and things are not always going to necessarily work out, but you have enough things in the air that eventually I, I, things do work out. So not one, you don't put so much importance on one thing. It's no, not that I, one thing is not do or die. No, I, I always have options and I'm always working all the different, you know, whether it's different retailers or different anything, you know, anything that you might be thinking about. I think you have to have more than one option because that would be a very disappointing thing if that one option you put all your heart and soul and didn't work out. So I, I think you better to leverage. And I think, and I'll speak for myself, I've done that many times in the past, put it all in one thing, right? All the eggs in one basket. First of all, building it takes on a whole level of importance that is so draining because it's it, it becomes so important to you. Mm-hmm. And it's really not that important, but it's the only thing you're doing, so it becomes so important to you. And that's one of the things I think are, is great that young women are doing now, doing their side hustles, mm-hmm. that they're really looking at other things. It's not just, I'm not just this. I'm not just defined by my work. There are my side hustles. So I want to circle this all back to mm-hmm. my mentoring moment when mm-hmm. I was saying about you know having work define me. So do you let work define you? I'm very proud of my work. I'm, I, I think I'm very good at it. I think what really defines me is, um, you know, your morals, your values, your family. Um, and I think that I've been very, very lucky. I'm the oldest of five. I've got amazing siblings and my mom and dad. I've got two great daughters, two great stepdaughters and a wonderful husband now. Um, so I think first and foremost, it's family. And then I feel very lucky and blessed to have a business that I'm independent, um, and successful with. So I would say it doesn't define me, but I'm very proud of it. And is the story that I was telling in the intro about when you were younger, 21 Mm -hmm. years ago and getting out of your marriage, does that, did that help define you? Would you share that story and talk about how that helped define you? That was, um, that was a very, very difficult situation. I mean, again, I grew up in a wonderful nuclear family. Everything was great. You know, I had this wonderful wedding and kind of the rug was pulled out under me um, when I realized this situation with the gambling and how it was just going to get worse. And that was, you know, something that 
I, at this point I had two tiny children, um, and I knew that I had to get out and be on my own. And, um, so that was very difficult in that, uh, I didn't have one and have never received one penny in alimony nor child support. I didn't have an inheritance or anything to fall back on. So it was all on my shoulders. And, you know, we live in New York City. Uh, It's not an inexpensive city. We know that. I had been working all along on my building my business, building my business, and I just really just kind of grinded it out. And I was working all the time. I um, was building a very successful uh, referral-based diamond ring business, and um, thank God, you know, it went really, really well. I mean, I, I, I am a certified gemologist, so I'm an expert on diamonds and colored stones. Um, I had fabulous and still have fabulous relationships with diamond cutters. So these primarily men would come to me looking for me to do an engagement ring. And they knew that they were going to get a great ring, beautiful, chic, good looking at a great price. So, but it was kind of, when I look back on it now, I was seeing all of these clients in my, in my apartment while Ingrid, my fabulous babysitter, who was practically my wife was giving the kids a bath in the other room and they'd come wandering in while I'm telling you the difference between, a, you know, all the diamonds. A and, New York moment. Uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, I look on it back on it now, but you know, the men were happy because they knew they were getting a good deal. They were, you know, and, um, I worked so hard and had so, um, created such a business. I probably did between, you know, five or 10 or seven and 12 rings every single month. Um, and I was able to support myself, pay rent, pay a babysitter. I actually was able to, uh, put my kids through sacred heart, which is a private school on the Upper East side. And, um, it was tough, very, very tough. I mean, honestly, what I learned through that is I, I am so strong. I, and I've always felt that and that only reinforced it. I am so strong. I can get through anything. It's not easy, but you have to have the fortitude. So Kara, before we continue our conversation, I want to do a shout out to WordPress. Small businesses are truly the heart of our communities and the places that we could not live without. I really couldn't live without Connected, my Pilates studio that's like 10 doors down from where I live. It's not part of a chain. There's only one in the city. I know the owner. And there's this wonderful attention to detail. But more importantly, there's this wonderful attention to me. They give me this great attention. So I'm all about supporting local businesses. And that leads to why I'm excited that WordPress is sponsoring Mentoring Moments. Whether you've been in business for generations or recently launched, creating a website on WordPress.com can make a big impact on your business. Even if you don't have a clue how to build a website, WordPress will guide you through the process. Seriously. WordPress has hundreds of customized themes to get you started. Pick a template and make it your own. You'll get built-in search engine optimization and social sharing. And when you build your website on WordPress.com, you're part of a community. And that's huge. I mean, that's a big advantage. You have 24-7 support. So check it out and see why more websites run on WordPress than on any other platform. Get started today with 15% off any new plan purchase. Go to wordpress.com slash Forbes to create your website and find the membership plan that's right for you. That's wordpress.com slash Forbes for 15% off your brand new website. 
wordpress.com slash Forbes. Hey, this is Richard Marks, the host of Song Talks right here on Podcast One. Every week, I will explore the impact music has on our lives through interviews with singers, songwriters, and other amazing guests about the classic songs that have impacted them. Check out Song Talks every Wednesday at PodcastOne.com, the Podcast One app, or subscribe at iTunes. Now back to Mentoring Moments with Denise Rastari. So if you were talking to a young woman who's deciding whether to have kids and saying, but I'm not there yet, career-wise, I don't know, part of your story is you did all of this at once as a single and, mom And I, I, I would like daughters. to say, like, I had thought about it ahead of time, but no, clearly I didn't. I mean, I had the first one when I was 26, and I think I was 28, the second one, and I was way by far in New York City, the youngest mom. I'm, I'm, I almost felt like the babysitter, <laughs> the way people were looking at me. But um, I'm so happy, happy, happy that it worked out because my kids are rock stars. Um, I, my one daughter just turned 24 yesterday. The other one will be 22 soon and is graduating from college. And I feel very lucky because I'm a young mom and it's wonderful to travel with them and be with them and hang out. And I've got two amazing stepdaughters, 27 and 30. So I didn't think about it ahead of time and plan it, but I'm very lucky how it turned out. So I would say to a young woman who would ask me that, I would say, if you have a wonderful family unit or you have to have a support system, you absolutely have to have a support system. And you also have to have enough financial wherewithal that you can take care of things. Those two situations, uh, if you have them, yeah, sure. Why not? Kids are awesome. And, but it's hard. And I think that's the other it's part of it, right? Hard. It is hard. And I think so going into it, I know I've recently been talking with some young women who are going through postpartum depression and really struggling with, they were very excited about being pregnant. Some of them you know, thought they weren't going to get pregnant and then they got pregnant. Others got pregnant sooner than they thought after getting married. But it really is hard when you're going through all the different emotions, trying to get your career going. And as we say, as I say all the time, I don't think you're ever going to wake up one day and say, today's the day, because there's always right. something else that could be better. You could be more educated if that's important to you. You could be going to get that second degree. You could be going for that job promotion. Whatever it is that you're doing, it could be that you want to travel to Africa, that you think, I can't do it today. Right. Uh, no, I, I hear you. I, I'm in my situation, having, you know, going through a very tough time with the divorce and so many issues. The kids, it was almost wonderful because I couldn't focus on myself too right. much and I couldn't get too, too upset and depressed because I needed to make sure that they were okay all the time. And, they, and I think a, if you're a strong mom, they feel that. They feel that. So my kids helped me through it because I could never get so upset about what I was going through because I always had to focus on them and make sure that they were good and solid and happy and, and feeling secure. So for me, um, it worked out. And I don't want to put this vibration into the universe. I want to make it a question that's not putting it into the universe. But if Kara Ross were to not be around tomorrow, mm -hmm. the, not, not you, but your business, mm -hmm. hopefully, you're, it, what, what would you do? If somebody came in and shut Kara Ross, your business down. But, well, and I um, have been in the fine jewelry, the design business for over 20 years and just, and I have reached a certain level of success that I'm very proud of. I've sold to the best stores. I have pieces in museums. I've been lucky enough to be covered by 
different magazines, et cetera. Um, and I, what, what, what I would do is what I am doing, which is I have completely transformed the business to be a vehicle for philanthropy, specifically supporting girls' education, job creation for women. And, and I got to that point. I'm 51 years old now. Um, and probably a few years ago, and I thought, you know, I, I'm very proud of myself. I've reached a level of success um, within the fine jewelry world, which is a small world. I have a very good reputation and I've achieved different things. And I thought, you know, I want to do more. I want to give back. So I pivoted and um, um, that's what I'm working on now. So, and tell me what more about what you're working on. I know pieces of it, but I want to hear yeah, the big so- picture. I have completely transformed the business into be, again, a vehicle for philanthropy. I um, believe in education. I believe in women supporting other women. I've always been a girl's girl. I'm lucky I've got two fabulous sisters and sister-in-laws, and I've got lots of really wonderful friends. And I think – so – education again. So we're creating opportunities where job creation is one thing, um, you know, just and relating that back to what I went through. I mean, had I not had my business, had I not been able to design and manufacture and sell product and that money was, was was able to keep me afloat and keep food in the kids' mouths and my mouth. And I would have been in a very dire situation. So I think that creating something, bringing it to market, gives people pride, gives people, you know, an opportunity to be able to provide for their family. Um, and I can see this because, again, it was me. And so the first one we did this job creation program was in Cape Town, South Africa last year, where we worked um, with two women in two townships. Um, I was there visiting my daughter who was studying there. Um, one day we visited the townships, which are these very, very impoverished areas. The next day I came across the most beautiful um, line of clothing for little girls. And I started talking to the woman. I said, my God, this is so great. Where did, where was it made? And she said, oh, it was made by the women in the townships. And literally after having been there the day before, my mind was blown because the, the poverty that, that the, you know, is there. So I met the woman who started it. I met the woman who's in charge of the townships. We um, custom created this traditional South African fabric called Shui Shui. We commissioned women in one township to make baby clothes, little clothing for little girls. And we commissioned women in the other township to make these little hand crocheted pocket mice. And we named her hashtag diamond, the pocket mouse, because she lives in the pockets of the clothing. And she reminds little girls that they're beautiful and strong and multifaceted and unbreakable, just like a diamond. And that whole process, which happened very organically of job creation, was it really moved me because it was almost direct to the consumer. I'm supporting various nonprofits, which we are doing now, I think is important. But being able to meet these women, see what they are doing, see what they're capable of, seeing what the opportunities and the jobs mean to them is super powerful. And so we're going to be working on a really large initiative in India right now that I'm really excited about. And again, it's creating, designing beautiful chic product that we will bring to market. We're going to be talking with a whole bunch of different retailers and the organic sustainable cotton shirts will be hand beaded by women who live in a town called Borelli, which is outside of Delhi. Um, and I don't know if you've been to India before. Yes, I, I love it. I mean, but I, every, but you're 
you're in sensory overload. So, and I, right? oh, the colors, I, the smells, the color, everything. Everything was like just – I was there with some girlfriends a few years ago. And, you know, what struck me was not the flora or the fauna or the archaea. It was the women and the women wearing all these bright, colorful, like chartreuse and like purple together or pink and, you know, turquoise. And they just looked – just awesome. Yes. And, you know, India is very well known for its embroidery and its beading. Well, what I've come to find is that that primarily is done by men. So we have worked very hard to identify a collective of women who are really talented beaders. You know, the bindi is the circular uh, circular element that the women wear in their foreheads. So taking that as the inspiration, we've created this really chic, beautiful, multicolored circular design that the women will bead onto these shirts. Um, and and we'll, we'll have pictures that we will post oh, on social because so they, I've seen the designs. It's, they really it's, are beautiful. It's insane. And the they whole really point is like beautiful. you could wear it with jeans and cute heels. Right. You could wear it to a ball, with a ball gown skirt and wear a black tie. And this is a woman who dresses fabulously, as I'm just looking across the table from her. So, well, I appreciate I, that. But do. I mean, like, I love fashion, right. and like, but it, it's so like having been in the fashion business, having been in the design world for the past twenty some years, and selling to Bergdorf's and Neiman's and Harrods and Selfridges and Bloomingdale's and you know all the best stores across the world, bringing product to market, really chic, desirable product, is powerful. Again, it's powerful because it took my kids and I out of a position of being um, vulnerable to a position of strength. And I want to give that opportunity to other women and bring product to market that they are creating that will then provide the same opportunities for them. And um, because money is power, right? Yeah, you have to. We can... I know we have debates about that a lot. It's like, well, you could be powerful without money. But here's. Well, you have to eat, right? Where are yeah, you going to exactly, get your food? Yeah, exactly. Right. And here's the part that really made sense to that that really started to make sense to me is when I started to think about women who are in abusive relationships. Mm -hmm. If you don't have money, it's harder to get out. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying you can't get out, but you need to find a shelter or someone to stay with. Things aren't as easy. But if you have your own, and what are you going to do to keep, and if you have children, how are you going to keep them going? So you were able to leave a bad situation in the marriage because you had, you didn't have a lot of money, but you were working on something where you could. Mm -hmm. You you had the potential. So it was that possibility. I I didn't have to ask ask anyone for money. Right. I I worked my ass off. I don't know if I can say that. I, yeah, worked my, <laughs> I worked my ass off like crazy. I worked all the time. I had a wonderful support system in this fabulous babysitter, Ingrid Figaro. I have a wonderful family, um, but I, I worked nonstop and I worked so much and was able to um, save up enough money that I was able to invest in a um, an early internet startup. And that was a very lucky and very successful um, investment that threw off a lot of money. So when that happened, that monthly, you know, dread of, oh my God, how am I going to pay the babysitter? How am I going to pay the monthly rent? How am I going to pay the, you know, everything was alleviated, not completely, but to a large extent. And, but I had gotten so used to working, 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 working and really enjoying it that I have never stopped. So I've, I don't, I've never not worked. <laughs> so right, to your right. point of what you were saying in the very beginning, I think you also, if I don't think work defines, I know work doesn't define me, but I like it. I am good at it. I, I can't imagine not working. Um, and I also wouldn't feel guilty about taking a international holiday. Right. <laughs> yeah, your passport filled with vacations. <laughs> you know, I would not because, it, right. you know, especially working for yourself and you do the same thing, you know, you're, you're always working. We're constantly. You know, I don't have anyone that I have to check in with. I never have ever. Um, 
but it, because your name is on the door, because yeah. it's Denise Rosari, it's, you know, this is your mentoring moment. You are working harder because you are getting the accolades, but just as quickly you would be getting, oh, why didn't right. you do this? This was a failure. Why right. didn't you do this? So you work so much harder um, for sure. when for your name sure. is on the door. And People think it's yes. glamorous. and uh, It's not. It's, it's not. not. <laughs> you make it to the point where it's glamorous. And when you get to that point, then I want you all to do what Kara is doing, and that is do something that helps other women mm-hmm. and men. Just help the world, okay? But start mm-hmm. with women if you can because there is a big need in the world to help women. But to remember where we came from, how we got there, Mm -hmm. and how whether it's that one break, that one person, whether it's your babysitter that gave you the freedom to be able to do what you're doing, whatever it is, whoever it is in your life, to remember all that and keep paying it forward. And I know that sounds simple, but I think a lot of women lose sight of that when, and men, right, when we, we become successful and we lose sight of how we got there. Can I tell you my babysitter, Ingrid Figaro, I, I, every year I always send her and her son Darnell, I always send them a check at Christmas. I just sent her two pieces of jewelry. I send her pieces of jewelry every year. She, she really made the difference, you know, because I, I knew how hard I had to work. I also knew I have two children and the children always come first. And I needed to absolutely 100% be sure the fact that they were being taken care of, that they were okay. I mean, obviously I, I was always there. I was lucky enough that I was able to work from home. Um, and I think that was a very fortunate thing because I would, you know, as they're taking a bath, if there was a situation, I could always go in the, you know, go fingered into the bathroom or I was always there for homework. And, um, I, the first office I got was probably about seven years ago so or maybe eight but um I've always I was lucky enough when they were younger I was able to work from home that makes a big difference when I left USA Today and one of the reasons was my daughter was in second grade mm-hmm. and although I became an entrepreneur it was really tough I, I've told the story if I had a business that I was losing a lot of money at I refinanced the house I did all the things you're not supposed to do right emptied out the IRA to keep the business afloat all of those things but my driving force in doing it was I love the flexibility I had to be able to go on the field trips with my daughter. And I've looked back and it was kind of funny because I was the only single mom of my daughter's friends. Um, She went to a small school in Washington, D.C., and everybody else was married. This is not funny, but it's one of those things in life that when the kids got in sixth grade, everybody else was getting divorced. Like when Allie, but in elementary school, everybody was sticking in their marriages. And so Allie yeah. was the only kid who number one was adopted and came from a family that, that I was divorced. So one of the things that was so meaningful to me was that I could, I had that freedom to be able to go on the field trips, be there. So a lot of the parents would always call me to do things. It would be like, they were working in law firms and they would be like, can you take my daughter here? Can you be the one to pick them up? And I was thinking, but there are two of you in your family and I'm a single parent that and I did it because I wanted to be with Allie. But that was my driving force. And I think everyone has whatever it is is important to them that drives them. And my business was a failure in those days financially. It got me to where I am. So it wasn't a failure in that respect, but mm-hmm. financially. But it was worth every cent, every every bad move I did, like emptying out the IRA, refinancing the home, yeah. to be able 
to have that freedom that I want. And then that built that built in and that became the career I have. So I have no regrets. But I didn't know that at the time. A lot of uh, I'd say most of the new businesses that are started these days are started by women specifically because of what you're talking about, because it's to have the freedom to work at home, to have the freedom to create and make your own hours. Again, oftentimes you're working way harder than you would if you were at a Goldman Sachs. But, you know, because you're making your own hours. And I, I think that I would not have been able to do what I did had I not had that freedom. So it's very lucky. I agree. And now we are going to do I'm done with that. Springtime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. It's peak season for asparagus, which pairs perfectly with a light and crisp rosé. Many bottles of champagne and sparkling wines are perfect for adult Easter baskets. And they're really cute, too. My perfect brunch? Belgian waffles with extra whipped cream and a holiday pour of your sweetest rosé. Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, Total Wine & More has you covered with 8,000 wines, 3,000 spirits, and 2,500 beers at always low prices. Cheers! You're listening to Mentoring Moments with Denise Rastari. Okay, Kara, we're now going to get into I'm done with that. There are many things I'm done with in life. But my husband said something this morning that made me... I I loved it when I hear things and I like translate them to my current, to what's going on in my life. So we were talking about something and I can't remember what the conversation was, which leads to a conversation Kara and I had earlier to everyone. The reason why I can't remember anything is I'm not eating enough coconut oil, which is another story. But the bottom line is if you can't remember anything, like I'm having those moments... Eat more coconut oil. That is the bottom line of that story. So we were talking, he said, you know, when you see one mouse, there's always more. Mm -hmm. You never see one cockroach without the other. Mm -hmm. So I thought that's so true. But how often, though, do we see something like... I remember one of my first apartments in Washington, D.C. I had never seen a cockroach before in my entire life. So I move into the apartment, and it was nice. I mean, it wasn't great. I was, you know, 20 years old, mm-hmm. but it was a nice apartment. And I turn on the kitchen light, and I see a cockroach. And I'm like, oh, that must be really rare. That must be like something strange. I'd never seen them before, and I'm pretty clean and neat. And then the next day, you see more, and you see them. There's never one. And so what I thought about, that's like there's never one mouse. Right. What I thought about was when people do crazy shit, Mm -hmm. there's never one crazy act, right? There's always more to follow. Mm -hmm. But I'm always like, oh, there's only that one cockroach there. Somehow it got in here. There is not more. So I used to do that with crazy people and think, Mm -hmm. oh, that's just, that's a one-off. They're really not crazy. Now I'm like, red flag, red flag, red flag. There's more crazy actions to come. So I'm done with thinking that there's only one mouse. That's one of the nice things about getting older is that you're much choosier about who you spend your time with. And I I also have always thought, especially when I was going through a tough time, you only have so much energy and you can't give that energy to people who suck the energy out of you. Yes. You want to be, you want to be in with friends and in relationships where they enhance how you feel about yourself, how you feel about things in general. And I think that when you're younger, uh, or I know I am, and I think I'm probably pretty naive and perhaps still am, that, you know, you just can spend time with a lot of people. And invariably there are some people that just suck the energy out of you and drain that. And so I have, uh, if I find people like that, I I quickly just say, you know, no. No, is that something you learn from your mother? (laughs) 
No, no. <laughs> no and I, and I, and I, I'm nice and I can help, but I, I don't want to spend uh, time. Right. And that's, yeah. that's hard to, to learn how to do that. And so I brought that up a few times in the podcast because I really want to drive that point home because I see it happening over and over. Because and I a lot it's of it's about women. You know, yes. you, you were, you're a pleaser. Yes, you want to be so nice to everyone. Right. If it were a man, like they'd be us. like, screw you, right. get out the door. But for women, it's a different situation. But I do think that... Um, yeah, you know, you just cannot spend your time around people that are going to suck the energy right. out Right, I'm Life's 100% for sure. And what are you done with? I guess a lot of it is, you know, I think also, you know, relating to that point, when you're, when you're younger, you're more aware of how people think of you and how they will judge you. And I don't really care now how, and I, I would say, honestly, I've felt this for the past, you know, X amount of years, like that it doesn't matter really. I mean, listen, I hope you like me, but if you don't, I don't, it's not, I'm not going to lose sleep over it because I know who I am. I know what I stand for. I know my morals and my values and people can prejudge or judge based on whatever they may like. Um, and I think you have to be strong enough and you have to, um, yes, it can be upsetting, but yeah, I don't really care. And so if somebody doesn't like you, how do you deal with that? If you hear someone say, you know, I don't like Kara Ross or I don't like her jewelry or I don't like what she's doing. How do you deal with that? Well, I, I hopefully I haven't heard it right. that much, but, <laughs> but how no, would you but, deal with but it? But listen, you have enough, like if you don't like my jewelry, there's enough great design out there. You can go find someone right. else. But how I've always felt about it is that's okay because there's enough people that do. Exactly. And that's generally how I feel about things. You know, you, first of all, you can't please everyone. Right. You got you got a most important please yourself by knowing yourself. And I, I think an, a happy individual is going to radiate confidence and security. And I think generally people want to be around that. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, you can't please everyone. You please yourself. And so if it relates to sort of silly, like if someone didn't like my jewelry, I don't you know, there's so many people that do that. That's OK. So when you're creating the jewelry, how do you know when it's Okay. Do you just feel it? Like because this piece I is ready it. to go? Want, you want to wear it? If, if I, most of the pieces that I've made, um, have been one of a kind. So, and very, I love art. I love contemporary art. I love design, whether it's fashion or architecture or painting, sculpture. I really gravitate to that. I studied it. I was in my art history minor in college and at Georgetown. And I think that, uh, if I want to wear it, if I have to have it and want to wear it right now, I know it's a, that's a winner because I have been doing this for so long and I think I'm quite good at what I do. And so if I love it, then I, I know it's good. And there's something you just said that I think is so critically important. And I love this about you, that you know that you're good at what you do. Yeah. And you're okay with saying that you don't hide behind it. Like a lot of women will be like, well, I'm okay at it. I'm, I'm okay. You know what you're good at and you but believe like, what I, you're I, good I, at. Oh, no, I know I'm good at it. I know I'm good at it because, well, I just, I just do. And like, I've had enough stores and editors and uh, people that also know different things that have appreciated and liked it. And, um, so yeah, I feel good about that. Right. And you should, I mean, you yeah. first of all, your jewelry is beautiful, but more importantly, it's that you feel it. And I think that's what we sometimes miss. 
we're waiting for just somebody else. We're just waiting for those editors only to give us approval without us really believing in what we're but, doing. And that goes back to the word no, because even in the beginning, when you try to get people to answer your phone call or take an appointment, no, 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 you got to keep going. You got to keep going. And even if you do get that first appointment, like I did at Bergdorf's or Neiman's, whatever, no, it's not good enough. Then it doesn't really matter because you're going to go back and try right. again and keep trying. And the word no doesn't hurt. I'm telling you that really <laughs> goes across uh, so many uh, life lessons. And also one of the things I learned at USA Today years ago is no is for today. Mm, yeah. Right. Because if you're pitching someone, that person may not be in that position in a week from now, or they may have different incoming information that can change their mind about what you're telling them about who you are, or what you have. And so no is for the moment that can change. Oh, I totally, that would relate to another mentoring moment that I would say, say yes to everything. And by that, I mean, every time you're given an opportunity, Hey, Denise, you want to go out tonight? I've got some girlfriends in town. I really think you're like them. Well, you've got game of Thrones on and you really want to watch game of Thrones, but you're like, Oh, I'll, I'll watch it tomorrow. You say yes. If you're given an opportunity to, you know, do anything. I, 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 that is also another thing as I've gotten older, I say yes. And I, I always feel like I love to meet new people. I think it's about networking. I think, you know, you're given opportunities when you put yourself out there. So I, I just think that say yes yes, is a really good example. And, and the word no doesn't hurt. So there you've got yes, yes, yes and, and no. no. I just need to know when to use them. You need <laughs> to know when to use them. You need to know when to use them. Right. But I, I think that, uh, that those are good examples. So, Kara, before we get into takeaways, can you just tell us a little more about was there a specific time in your life where you understood how great the philosophy of say yes to everything is? Well, I would say just going back to uh, wonderful words and wisdom from my uh, from my awesome mom. I remember that when I was very young and, uh, you know, dating and I'd be like, oh, gee, I don't know if I want to go out with him, blah, blah. And she'd be like, what are you crazy? Just go out, you know, just just say yes. Just go out with him. Could be Donald Duck. But, you know, you'll have a good time. And if nothing less, you'll meet a new friend. And, and you know, what's the harm? And and I thought, yeah, she's kind of right. You know, and I, I've got um, two dogs right now the one's dating someone but the other one's single and I tell her the same thing I'm you like do? yeah just go out with him hey like the, even if he's not for you might be for your friend you know you'll meet a new you know worst you meet a new friend and, and what's the harm right so I, I'm yeah just just say yes you know I met my husband on a blind date so was, did I did you so did I and, that, it, and that's a very good both of us then we said yes it could have been just as easy to stay home and watch whatever Seinfeld right. or whatever was on <laughs> right exactly was on then I just think it's about keeping your mind open and then you keep possibilities open and as you know, and I love TV more than anyone. I think I swear to God, I, I you'd be hard pressed to ask me a TV show. I have not watched. Having said that, sometimes you just, instead of staying home and watching TV, you just, just got to go out and be but open I think to possibilities. If you look at, the, at some of these things, uh, just as you said, as there'll be a friend, they can be a friend. I think sometimes we take it all so seriously. When I went out with my husband, I really wasn't looking for a date. And a friend of mine fixed this up. And I was like, no, I really don't want, and I didn't even know who he was. I mean, mm -hmm. so it wasn't like I Googled him and I was like, I right. don't want to go out with him. I didn't even know his name. But my first thing was, I don't want I just don't want to go out on a blind date. Then she told me he 
headed up the welcome and news and sports for AOL. And I thought, so what's the worst that can happen? If we don't like each other, he'll be a good business contact, right? right? And because I go to business dinners with men all the time that I'm not planning on dating. So what's the worst that can happen? And the best thing ever happened, I met my husband and life's never been the same. Yeah, totally right. I mean, when I we've been together for over... Gosh, about 16 years, and I don't think they Google wasn't even a situation there. So, I mean, a, a friend, you know, said, do you want to go out? I was like, yeah, why not? And I think that whole situation now with dating is much harder because whether it's Google or whether it's all these the apps and swipe right, swipe left, then it's crazy because, A, it's all – the first thing is it's about a physical – is this person attractive? And, you know, obviously that is important. There's physical attraction there, but at least – you give the person a chance, you right. know, if they're a smart, nice person, you know, that's so, I, I don't know. I think that's uh, negative. Life is confusing. At least it is for us looking at the millennials, right? Like I look at it and I think it's so confusing. I'm not so sure it's as confusing for them because they've grown up with swiping right and left. And it's like, maybe it's just us that thinks it. Well, but then, you know, honestly, like to, to me now more, if I, like I'll say to my daughter, I met this nice guy you should go out with them or I'll meet this nice Are you the mother guy. matchmaker? Oh yeah, no, for sure. I, I totally believe in that. I, I definitely will. I've got two kids, two stepdaughters, definitely one of them. I will, I will set up. I've already set three people up that have gotten married. So then therefore like forget the swipe left, swipe right. If you actually meet someone and think that they have characteristics, qualities, et cetera, that someone that you know will appreciate. Then if you say, Oh, Hey Denise, you got to go out with this guy. Boom, you should say yes because yes. I've already kind of pre-screened, right? So I totally believe in that. I'm with you. So everybody will be calling you now to get fixed up. Oh, hey, that's okay. I, I, I'm, I've already had three. I can go for another three. <laughs> and now we're going to do takeaways, speaking of good examples. So takeaways, I've asked, I've crowdsourced questions. Mm -hmm. And one of the big questions that kept coming up for you was, what is one of your biggest failures and what have you done about it? Not that wasn't because of you, I, the yeah. question. But when I said, "What question do you want to know?" What, what an answer to it was. What was one of your biggest failures, and what did? How did you? Well, come I out mean, of the it? first thing that comes to mind, and I probably shouldn't say this, but would obviously I failed in my first marriage, right? But yet at the same time, it wasn't a failure because I've got two rock star kids. Right. I felt um, the same way, Kara. So, the same way. It's, because my first marriage was a failure, but it was, if it weren't for that, I wouldn't have my daughter. Yeah. So I, I, I don't even know if that qualifies as a failure. I mean, I, honestly, I've had failures in business. I think one of my, I know one of my weaknesses that, and just relating to what I just said is say yes to everything that has to be tempered or you need someone to be able to say, Hey, Karen, no, that maybe, maybe that's not such a great idea because I tend to throw a lot of balls in the air and oftentimes it all works out. But then sometimes you know, you're not paying attention to the things that you should be taking, paying attention to because you're you trying to do balls? too many things. And I would say that that was one of my, um, I wish that I either had had an older mentor in growing the business that would have helped direct me. Did you Def have a mentor? No. I didn't, I've never I had, did not. I didn't have a mentor did either. I had great role models and I, I don't tell the story now The two women I worked with really were my mentors, but I didn't know it at the time. So I, I didn't have that mentor. Yeah, no, I, I, I did not. So I, uh, I would, I would say that I, I would say to young women and I tell people now, like meet people in your industry, you know, ask senior women, level women, Hey, would, can I take you out for a cup of coffee? Because I think that 
they'd be surprised how many people would say, sure, I'll meet you for at eight o'clock for a coffee and help to give you advice. And whether or not that turns into a mentor or just an interesting conversation, again, being able to say yes and taking from that some interesting things would be important. Um, so, but anyhow, specific failures, I don't know. There's probably been a lot. I mean, just uh, not having a mentor and saying yes to maybe too many things without tempering that or, or not focusing. And that's, I mean, I've had a young girl that worked for me that when you're so busy, you really don't keep your eye on the ball. And, uh, there was theft involved. There was, um, whatever that should not have happened. That was my fault because again, I was so busy. I didn't really keep my eye on the ball. I was just doing too many things at once. So that's probably a, a negative. I think what's so interesting in this conversation, fire, by is, the way, but anyhow, that was a positive. So that some of the negatives in our lives are also the positive. So mm-hmm. working on a lot of projects is a positive mm-hmm. that helps you get through not putting so much attention on one thing and not making it so important. But then doing that can distract you, keep your eye off of some of the balls. Right. And I think there's a you know there's a great message in all of that and that you just cannot do it all, right? right? And so you have to pick what works for you best and that might change. I, that, and that's hard to do. I mean, I find even right now with what I'm doing, I'm lots of really great opportunities and lots of, you know, but how, and it's hard because like my inclination again, like I, I would be like, okay, great, let's do it. And I would jump on it and I would, and then it's like, oh my gosh, how, I don't have time to do this. And how am I going to execute? I mean, execution is a really big part of any game you're going to play. If you want to call business a game, if you want to call any, and that's uh, execution and executing well and thinking through things. Um, Probably that's, I know I, sometimes I struggle with that again, because you can't execute on everything well at once. Right. Especially if you're a visionary and you're, yeah. you're, and you're very creative as well. Mm-hmm. And I know for myself, I'm a creative soul. I'm very visionary, but yet I need to work in the details. Mm-hmm. And that for me is such a time suck. It drains everything. And I'm realizing more and more that I mean, I've always known that's not the best use of my time. That's very easy to figure out. But it's not that it's just not the best use of my time, but it really takes away, tremendously takes takes away from what I do best. Mm-hmm. And because my mind now is put into details and it just doesn't have any room for the creativity. Sure. And so I find myself doing things like I'll go for a walk, I'll do this. And those, all those things are great. But if I weren't spending so much time in this space over here in the details, I may not need to do all of the things to try to get the creative juices flowing. I, I totally agree. And I would say that, um, I'm lucky right now in that I've got a uh, few young women that work with me and they are, they kind of have both. They, they can think big, but they can execute. And they, so they really, really, really help me execute the different things that we're working on. So I, I'd say I have got a good situation now. Um, so eventually right. you learn. <laughs> you learn how to write. And, and I think there are so many women available for work now as side hustles, as wanting to learn different fields that I've now started to hire some of the younger women mm-hmm. who are you know, looking to be able to find out what you do, how do you do it, and be a part of your network. And so mm-hmm. it's just a win-win because it's taking all of that away from me. And I want to say one thing as we're mm-hmm. wrapping up here that 
we talked about saying yes and the power of women. And two things happened today. Just You came in and you said, hey, I'm going to the show after we record today. Do you want to go with me? And my first thought, which is a legitimate thought, was what do I have? coming up after this, because if I have a meeting, sure, the answer is no, I, mean, yeah, I can't yeah. cancel the meeting. But there was also that part of you that just goes into that natural, no, I can't do it because it's not in my calendar today, right? That just goes into that space of, well, no, it's like, it's not going to fit in. So, and it will fit in and I'm delighted to go. Yeah. And the other is that we need coconut oil because I just forgot my second thought I was going to say. I need, I need, <laughs> so, to, I need to just so, imbibe a whole so, gallon so of that need, right now. But in all seriousness is that you said to me, there's someone that you wanted to meet. And without hesitation, without skipping a beat, I was like, of course I'll introduce you to her. Mm-hmm. So as powerful as you are, as successful as you are, there are women, there are things that you need from other women mm-hmm. that we can all help. You can help me, I can help you. And that's one of the messages I want to leave with everyone today because it's such a big part of who you are and what you're doing, mm-hmm. whether it's helping other women get jobs, but we just all help to keep helping each other. And so the next time someone says, will you go with me? Say yes. The next someone says, will you introduce me to someone? Say yes. Just say Yes. yes. And then say no when it's appropriate. <laughs> but also before we, where can we find you? I, I love Instagram. Um, it's at Kara Ross NY and I'd love Instagram and we've got, um, you know, Twitter and a website and all of that. So everything's and, under Kara Ross. Yeah. If you just Google my name, you'll see it. And uh, I would say to stay tuned because we're going to have this kick ass shirt so chic, so beautiful, under $100, all handmade. And I've seen pictures of it. It really is great. I can't wait to get one. Yeah. They're great. I, I'm gonna, I mean, everyone is going to want it. Yes, they really are great. So, yeah, thank you, Denise. So Happy thank to be you. Here. So really thank you. It. And now we're going to go off and do whatever it is yeah, we're, we're doing. We're going to go to a fashion right. show. Right. We're going to go to a fashion show. How's that? Thanks so much for joining us today. And to make sure you're getting Mentoring Moments the moment it's live every Wednesday, please subscribe on iTunes. And while you're there, rate and review. And check out my show notes on Forbes.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts about what do you think is what's your answer to is the word no going to hurt? The answer is no, it's not going to hurt because now you know that no is only for today. And are you much choosier with how you spend your time, the people, places, the things you do? And are you able to set boundaries between liking or even loving your work, but not letting it define you? I'd love to hear. Please let me know what you're thinking. You can always find me on Twitter. I'm at Denise Ristari. And I want to thank all of our listeners and do a special shout out to three women who have been on the podcast, but who continue to support other women who are on the podcast. It's just a really good feeling and a great example of the sisterhood working together, supporting each other. I want to thank Gloria Felt, Cindy Gallup, and Anne Showcat. Thank you for supporting all of us. And before we go, remember to go to podcastone.com to find all the great sponsors of Mentoring Moments. Because of them, we can bring you the show each week with limited ads. To learn more about them, go to Killer Deals link on podcastone.com and check out the Mentoring Moments page. Also, Mentoring Moments is a participant in the Amazon Associates program, an affiliate advertising program designed to provide a means for us to earn fees by linking to amazon.com and affiliated sites. You can link to Amazon at podcastone.com. So until next week, keep sharing your stories because your stories matter. 
Download new episodes of Mentoring Moments every Wednesday at podcastone.com, forbes.com, the Podcast One app, or you can subscribe at iTunes. I'm John Horn. I'm the host of Geffen Playhouse Unscripted. I'm here with our very first guest, Rain Wilson. Hi, John. It looks like I'm the first guest on the Geffen Unclothed, Unscripted. Unscripted. Yeah, let's go with that. A marriage made in heaven, I guess. Or Westwood. Tune in for some of our exciting upcoming guests. David Copperfield, Neil LaBute, Neil Patrick Harris, Josh Gad, Rita Wilson, and many more. Be sure to download new episodes every Wednesday on the Podcast One app and on iTunes. And don't forget to rate, review, and share. And, and I'm Rain Wilson, the first guest. You are no, the this, very first this, guest. This was a huge uh, mistake. Stephen Playhouse Unscripted. Huge mistake. It's time to break the cycle of waste and mess. Time to stop accepting that the way things have been done are the way they should be done. Control-Alt-Delete everything you thought you knew about how to period. We're flipping the script. We're throwing out the book. We're challenging the period status quo. The Diva Cup is eco-friendly, reusable, and offers up to 12 hours leak-free protection. So what are you waiting for? Join the inner revolution with the Diva Cup. The Diva Cup is used for menstrual flow only. Always read and follow the user guide. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. London police have arrested Julian Assange on extradition charges to the United States, as well as for violating his bail. Assange is accused of publishing classified documents through WikiLeaks. In 2010, he told Sky News he was worried about what the U.S. might do to him. The United States recently has shown that its institutions seem to be failing. Uh, They are failing to follow the rule of law. And with dealing with a superpower... It does not appear to be following, following the rule of law. It is a serious business. He also said in 2010 the U.S. officials had threatened him and those associated with him. There has been many calls by senior political figures uh, in the United States, uh, including elected ones in the Senate, uh, for my execution, uh, the kidnapping of my staff. Edward Snowden, the former security contractor who leaked classified information about U.S. surveillance programs, says the arrest of Assange is a blow to media freedom. I'm Rita Foley.